0: Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation. Annex Wealth Management is a proud member of the Barron's Top Advisor List and the Financial Times Top 300. Know the difference. It's team, tech, trust. And good morning, Southwest Florida. Here we go. Annex Wealth Management show is on the air. Can you believe it's August 23rd already? My name is Danny Clayton. Mark Beck joins us. He's director of wealth management services. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, Danny. All right. And Dave Spano, president and CEO, of Annex Wealth Management.
1: Good morning to you. Good morning, Danny. And just one hundred. Hundred and three days—that's all it took, from where we were in the middle of March to an all-time record high mark, and it's been one heck of a run
2: and an absolute roller coaster ride. To drop off the cliff in March to an epic climb of historical proportions. And you think about
1: it, it not only was it the quickest return with a 30% drop in the history of the market, it was also the quickest bear market because we bounced right out of that. Obviously, a bear market defined by a 20% retraction. Well, we went right through that and are now at all-time highs. On the S&P and on Friday, the NASDAQ as well. And you have to say it is because of a number of things. But most importantly, because I think, because the Fed and monetary policy and fiscal policy poured trillions of dollars into the economy.
2: They acted quickly and with a, such a magnitude that you know ha- we hadn't seen before. Contrast that to coming out of the financial crisis period where they slowly reduced interest rates and finally got to zero and then started quantitative easing they basically came out with all guns blazing this time they really did and they've learned from the past
1: you know, we all remember what happened in 08 and 09 and there was certainly fed policy that happened then but it took a while for that to happen but now you look at interest rates and the 10-year treasury trading around 65 basis points think about that you're going to buy a 10-year bond and get 65 basis points over that term you're really not making anything obviously it's less than a inflation so you have to say where are you going to put your money and what we're seeing is there is no alternative tina right people aren't, aren't going to put their money into 10-year treasuries but and so they start chasing stocks particularly dividend paying stocks and that's what we've seen
2: and, and the, there is no alternative, I think, is a very close cousin to the fear of missing out. And I think the fear of missing out just basically came right on the tails of that. And those those two things are just really working together right now to drive some valuations that you know are a little bit fearful uh, with some of the top tech stocks, as an example. Well, and
1: you look at that, for example, you have to look at Apple. And Apple has a $2 trillion with a T market cap. And you think about how much that is, and it's just such a bizarre number if it was a country, Mark, it would be bigger than Italy and, and South Korea and Spain. In fact, uh, if you look up GDP, you could also buy maybe a thousand Zimbabwe and a couple other countries in there as well. It is enormous, but it is because the number of phones that are being issued. And Danny, we saw a report earlier this week that they are, there is going to be a number of phones that are going to be replaced.
0: Once these 5G12s come, if it's indeed called the 12, they're thinking the upgrade cycle is going to be $350 million in the next year to 18
2: months. Months, that's a pretty good thing if, uh, you, you know, your customer buys $350 million of something. Right. That's a heck of an upgrade cycle, no question. And I think tag that together with, you know, the service line um, that Apple has really, really worked on expanding. And people are starting to value Apple more as a software service company than just a hardware supplier.
1: Now, there's certainly uh, really good news in a lot of companies, particularly the big tech, the mega cap. But there's also the other side in the of the sectors that aren't doing well. Energy's down 41%. And... Banks are down 35%. So there are areas that aren't. But we're starting to see a broadening out in sectors. And we like what's happening with transports. You think about FedEx and Rails. Those companies are starting to do better as well as materials. And those are the signs that the economy is recovering. But you know, there's a number of them. You think about the scene of the accident, REITs, Real Estate Investment trusts. They aren't. So right now, Mark, there's an opportunity to go look at your portfolio, particular sector weightings, and understand what you own.
2: Absolutely. And when- watch out for your overweights. You know, if you had some exposure to, you know, say large cap U.S. growth, especially around tech, you know, you may be at a spot where you're starting to feel overexposed in that spot. And it's a good time to think about a rebalance. It's a good time to think about the amount of fixed income you've got in your portfolio. You know, basically, how do you stabilize it a little bit? Are you protecting yourself the way you want? There's a lot of people that are saying, I know I own some of that, but I'm not sure what I own.
0: And we always say that, know what you own, know what you pay. And that portfolio analysis really is the first step. And you can do that. You can do that on a Sunday morning by heading to our website, AnnexWealth.com, and clicking that Get Started button. Know the difference, folks. It is Team Tech Trust. We're talking about one team. That includes investment and retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning. Also, one plan. That's yours. Nobody else's. And one fee. We are a fee-only fiduciary. Zero commissions. If your advisor says they're a fiduciary, get it in writing. There's more to come. We will be back. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. Cut through the clutter with Axiom, the weekly newsletter from Annex Wealth Management. Subscribe today for seven insights built and delivered to you every Sunday. It'll help you navigate the markets and the things that affect your money. The Axiom. Sign up at AnnexWealth.com. Planning and investment insight from a fee-only fiduciary, and we put that in writing. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. We're back. Time for Ask Annex. Got a question? We're all ears. Go to AnnexWealth.com. Look for the Ask button. Question number one today is from Andy. Are late 90s multiples just around the corner? Derek Felsky, Chief Investment Officer. First, explain
3: that, please, for me. Well, when, when he's talking about late 90s multiples, as, as I recall, and Dave mentioned earlier, that he managed a tech fund in 99, 2000, 2001. You know, we saw the S&P trade at over 30 times Uh, Trailing 12 months earnings, sometimes as high as 32 times, and that was a time in which the tech sector was roughly got to almost 50 percent of the market cap of the S&P 500. So while we don't have that level of concentration in terms of uh, valuations in the tech sector, we do have tech-oriented companies. By that I mean, you know, technology, communication services. And consumer discretionary, because when you think about it, half of consumer discretionary right now is Amazon. A big chunk of communication services is Facebook and Google. Then, of course, you have the tech sector. So right now we're trading at about 23 times forward on the S&P 500. And it's not hard to imagine that if we were to have a vaccine that you could see the market rally 10 15% from here, which could get you to about 30 times on forward estimates, although those estimates would likely go up over time.
1: You know, Derek, the big difference in the massive inputs that we have now, you did not have in 99 and 2000, namely basically 0% interest rates and a Fed that is just igniting the economy with free money.
3: No, we didn't have that. We also didn't have $4.5 sitting in money market funds. Uh, we didn't have... You know, an inflationary environment that's decidedly different. And the other thing that people don't often talk about is we also had many, many more public companies. At this point, we have many fewer. So, one of the things that I thought was kind of curious is given how strong the markets have been since the financial crisis in 2009, the number of public companies and the available stock has continued to decline, particularly as companies have bought back more and more shares. So, when you start to value businesses with really, really low rates, interest rates are huge huge component. So historical valuations have to be paid attention to, but you can't just make your decisions based on valuation.
1: And by the way, the reason why you have less companies trading now than we did then is just the cost of compliance and the exposure you have as a publicly traded company. So a lot of companies are buying their shares back or at least being delisted and being held privately. And so we have less publicly traded companies.
0: Just ask Annex, got one for us, head to our website, AnnexWealth.com. This one is from Warren. What's your feeling about investing in a financial ETF and holding it during the bad
3: and good times, a buy-slash-hold strategy? Well, you know, I mean, when you buy the S&P 500, in a sense, you're buying some portion of that is in the financial. So if this person is talking about specifically investing in a particular sector... I think that really depends upon valuation. In my mind, I wouldn't want to own a sector ETF through good times and bad times unless I plan to be rigorous and dollar cost average, take advantage when that sector is out of favor, prune that exposure when that sector is in favor. And then the other thing he needs to think about is a financial ETF is pretty broad. You know, you're going to have major banks. You're going to have regional banks. You're going to have insurance companies. You're going to have brokers. You're going to have all sorts of you know fintech companies. And I think you want to be a little bit more micro about what you're doing within financial services because clearly commercial banks and regional banks have much different exposures than some of those other financial sectors and can have decidedly different results based on where we are in economic cycle.
0: And our last one is from Eddie. Congratulations, Eddie. That's just my comment. Just sold my house. Where can I put the proceeds with low risk?
1: That's an interesting question. I think you have to think about it, Danny, in a continuum. And Eddie, if you're listening, think about it as a list. In fact, on the left-hand side, you can get really, really conservative, and that really means what we call cash in our accounts, which are money market accounts that really don't have any fluctuation in price but don't pay you much either. Then you can start to move down the risk line. For example, short-term treasuries, CDs and begin to build out from there, you know, corporate bonds and move away until you get to dividend paying stocks and beyond. So that is really a risk assessment. If you don't want to take any risk at all, obviously keeping it in cash and not getting paid much really is your own only answer. If you want some of your money to work for you, you have to start taking at least a minimal amount of risk and take a look at it as we go forward.
3: Yeah, and that's really the challenge many retirees are facing right now. I mean, one of the things, you know, we talk about low rates. Well, that's great if you own a home and are going to refinance your home at a lower rate. But if you're a senior and you depend on a dependable paycheck and you don't want to take a lot of risk in the market, uh, you're looking at pretty meager returns that are just barely above the rate of inflation. And what a great time to sell a house for sure.
0: Listen, if we can help, head to our website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. If you got something for Ask Annex, just look for the Ask Annex button. We'll get right back to you. The Annex Wealth Management Show, 925 Fox News. Brian Fiore is here, branch director, Annex Wealth Management in Naples. Hey, Brian. Good morning, Danny. So, the idea of spreading money across different kinds of investments, that's accepted. That's a fundamental principle. That's diversification. Even unsophisticated investors hear that phrase, they know about it. But many of us fall prey to myths about diversification. What are some of those?
4: A lot of advice uh, that you hear for folks who are do it yourself is to invest in what you know. So, in doing that, that implies that either you're gonna know a lot about a lot of things and be diversified, or if you invest in what you know, you might end up owning a handful of stocks or investments, which might counteract being diversified. So even there's evidence to suggest this, that a study looked at returns from 1926 the 2018 and often the best performing 4% of the stocks, for example, in the S&P 500, 4% of them were the best performing. The other of the 500 were flat or did not contribute to the main returns of the year. An example in 2020, you may have heard this already, but five stocks out of the S&P 500 are explaining uh, most of the returns this year up over 30% while the other 495 are about flat. If you invest in what you know, uh, the chances are you're going to pick those 5 or 10 stocks that are outperforming is very slim, and also it might make you concentrated if you only invest in what you know.
0: If you bought an index
4: fund, does that give
0: you diversification?
4: It should, but depends on what index fund you're buying. So if you're buying the S&P 500 as an index fund, the most popular one, guess what? You're, you're getting concentrated in the 5 or 10 that are really outperforming, and the other 400 and change, maybe not doing so well. So getting back to your plan, getting back to what you're expecting and what you're going to expose your money to is important. But indexing can diversify, but also know what you're what you're getting into. Does that still include
0: owning both U.S. and international stocks?
4: Yeah, there's a lot of years where the U.S. will outperform or underperform international, even though we're more global as an economy now, that the uh, that the correlation is getting closer. But, for example, in 2006, from Vanguard, their U.S. stock fund was up 15.5% approximately, while their international fund uh, was up 27%. So there's a big discrepancy there. The same funds last year, the U.S. fund was up 31%, and the international was up 21%. So there's definitely a difference. Make sure you know what you're getting to, and, and the plan.
0: Yeah, it's not as simple as we think. It takes a pro with a steady hand. That's what Brian and the team do at Annex Wealth Management, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Brian, thanks for taking the time this morning.
4: You're welcome. Thank you, Danny. I do like to leave uh, with a quotation, if you don't mind. Um, Bernard Baruch, who was a businessman back in the early 1900s, he said the main purpose of the stock market is to make fools of as many men as possible. So another example of where diversification may come in if you're trying to pick individual concentrated bets quick break.
0: We're going to be back to wrap things up. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. Cut through the clutter with Axiom, the weekly newsletter from Annex Wealth Management. Subscribe today for seven insights built and delivered to you every Sunday. It'll help you navigate the markets and the things that affect your money. The Axiom. Sign up at AnnexWealth.com. Team. Tech. Trust. Straight talk from a fee-only fiduciary. It's time to know the difference. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. And we are back at 92.5 Fox News quick reminder, upcoming webinars. We got one tomorrow, tomorrow afternoon at four o'clock. Pandemic proofing your retirement planning. You can sign up at annexwealth.com slash events. And then on Tuesday, another one, How the Secure Act Changes Your Retirement. That happens at four o'clock as well. We've got a bunch coming up. Complete details at AnnexWealth.com slash
1: events. Good. Thanks, Danny. You know, this show has certainly highlighted there's no question when you look at it, there's all, there's all parts of a wealth management firm. And one of the mo- most important things I think that we do as wealth managers, obviously asset allocation is one of them, but we like to call it behavioral coaching. When it, what that means to me, Mark, is that we're trying to have people adhere to a financial plan.
2: Yeah, you know, building a financial plan, building an investment portfolio that supports that plan, understanding risk tolerance, and then being there to use those tools to guide people when the points of anxiety show up and they're different for everybody you know it's some some folks it's market driven some people it's around politics you know others it might be a health event um, or a family event and all of those are things that can cause people to sort of be prone to starting to make investment decisions or financial decisions, some of which are not well thought out, not well organized, and not well curated with the overall plan. And that's really where big mistakes can happen that can be costly over time.
1: And, and, it, and obviously, there's some raw emotion that goes into that. And some of it is fear. Some of it is greed. And we watch that. And we say, where are we as uh, an economy and as a market? And so we try to keep people and say, all right, let's 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 not have fear and greed here, you you know, the fear of missing out, as we talked about earlier in the show. But adhere to a plan, stay on track. And one of the things that uh, we like to do is say, where are your assets located? Because that also has, has a longer-term aspect.
2: Yeah, it makes me think about starting to lead into the idea of kind of compartmentalizing risk. You know, when we get a little bit worried about fear, we think about... Um, you know my whole portfolio, and they think, okay, it's going down in value, and this is going to be bad, and so do I have to get out of the market, and things like that. But if we start to dissect that a little bit, and we think about, well, here's the money we've got put together and positioned to protect withdrawal needs, to protect the short term, as opposed to maybe the other end of the spectrum. Here is the portion of money I'm thinking about in terms of long-term, maybe legacy planning, maybe it's money I'm planning to leave to the kids, you know, those kinds of things. Maybe that's a spot where you're very comfortable with some additional risk, and so we kind of compartmentalize that and start to think about different assets for different goals.
1: And just a really easy example would be: where do you put, for example, growth stocks? Where do you want your income coming from? Because you know, there's really types of accounts. Are they tax deferred? Are they tax free? You know, what is it, and where is it? And you do that on a daily basis with the team.
2: And sometimes it's a little um, opposite of people's intuition. So where we want to put the short-term and safe money that produces interest income versus where we want the growth assets. Uh, but that, you know, just leads right directly into tax planning and how important it is to bring all of those things together. And, you know, it's difficult um, for, you know, just people out there that maybe don't have all of the resources to kind of do this. If you're doing it by yourself or you're working with a one-man shop, you know, tough to bring that together. But what we do is, you know, the investment professionals, the financial planning folks that are doing the forecasting, risk tolerance, understanding that with the right tools, and then, of course, tax planning.
0: Mark Beck, Director of Wealth Management Services. Thanks for joining us today. Good to have you on the show. It's great to be here. Thank you. Dave Spano, President and CEO, Annex Wealth Management. You kind of got to be here, but thank you. Thank you, Dan. Have a good weekend, everybody. Listen, we can help. We can help on a Sunday morning, and you can get things going. Head to the website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. You don't have to meet in person. That's no problem at all. We'll use Zoom or any other kind of uh, video hookup. It's quite easy, but again, it starts at AnnexWealth.com. Know the difference, folks. It is Team Tech Trust, a fee-only fiduciary. Remember, if your advisor says they're a fiduciary, get it in writing. Have a good one. We'll see you in a week. Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. The Annex Wealth Management Show is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation.